This is Waiting for Review, a show about iOS development and the Apple ecosystem. From the UK, I'm Dave Knott, and joining me from New Zealand is Dave Wood. Okay, well, t- t- tell me about your apps, um, what, what you've done this last week, because you've made some of them free, right? Yeah, so this has been a plan to sort of figure out if I were to move uh, my main app, the video mixing app, GoVJ, if I was to move that from paid up front to a freemium model of some sort, uh, potentially using subscriptions, not really sure about that, but definitely free with a sort of payment of some sort afterwards if you want to make it pro, like unlock it. Yeah. Um, And I thought, well, okay, I, I could just put a load of effort into doing this, put it out there, you know, see how things go. But actually it's in my gift to kind of do a bit of a test. Um, and I can test that at any time by just making the app free and seeing what the, the funnel looks like, see what the volume looks like. Uh, and so that's that's essentially what I've done over the weekend is, is just sort of turn it on to free. Um, and it's been interesting, actually. So, so straight out of the gate, what I did is I, I tapered the price so on Thursday, I think it was, I cut the price in half, um, which brought it down to, I think, $2.99. Cause it was, it was somewhere around six ninety nine before. Okay. Um, and then on the Friday, I cut it to just 99 cents. And then on the Saturday and Sunday of this weekend, it has been free. And the logic for doing so is that I know that there are price reporting sites that email people when there's reductions on things that people are interested in. And if you suddenly drop to free, I knew that it was likely, you know, I'd have a bunch of people buzz in who would have been paid otherwise, who then, you know, take advantage of that, just install it, and you never ever see some payment. So I knew there was a loss potentially on the table if I just cut it overnight. That's amplified by sites that are sort of looking out for that. So tapered it first to trigger all those sites to get some sort of revenue. And I actually made a a, a good couple of days worth of, of sales that I wouldn't have seen otherwise by doing that. I think just a bit of perspective with that. Um, in the course of a week, I'm, I'm selling around about between five and eight copies of GoVJ, I think. Okay. sort of varies over the course of a month it averages out and it, it kind of gets close to something like 0.8 a day or something like that um and then on the days that i i cut the cost down but it still wasn't free um i sold probably getting on for about maybe 25 units in one day in in, in over the course of like one and a half two days Okay, so that'd be the Thursday, Friday before the weekend. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's um, pretty good. By doing so, I actually made um, I made as much in one week as I would have made in two, even with the price reductions. It's a good start. Yeah. Um, I know from previous experience that this isn't necessarily sustainable. Like, if I leave the price there, it doesn't then carry on. So I'm reasonably sure that there is a, a sort of effect of, of, of sites reporting the sale and driving traffic. So it's mm-hmm. kind of kind of a good thing to sort of get that out of the way um, before before they're making it free. However, I'm still kind of bearing in mind and taking a huge grain of salt because 
even with doing that, free is a very different decision. It's still going to get reported on sales sites. And it may just be that it's a similar effect, but it's it's driven more people. Huge grain of salt. But the thing that's really, really interested me is I've always had pretty good um, impressions on the app. Um, I mean, like I, I saw in the last, if I look at my App Store analytics, I think in the last 30 days, I've seen around about 20,000 impressions. So that's App Store impressions where it showed up in people's searches. And then if I look if I look at the last 90 days, that's perhaps better because it's averaged out over a bigger period. It's around about um, 51,000. So there's a figure there somewhere around about maybe the between fifteen and 20,000 impressions on average per month, which has been interesting because then if you take those impressions and you convert them down to units sold, which is sort of literally, uh, you know, my, my conversion rate because it's a paid up front app. Mm-hmm. Um, that conversion rate is like tiny because then like i said I'm, I'm sort of averaging out to like just under a sale a day um, so it's point so, something over something yeah put 30 over um, twenty thousand, and then you've got roughly my conversion rate for the last 30 days so yeah. Any, anyway <laughs> yeah so there's always been this sort of grind of like oh my god people are seeing it it's showing up in their searches but nobody's installing it because maybe the price is too high so i guess this was to try and test that theory yeah yeah, like if, if I make the bar of entry easy, what happens? And what looks like it happens is an awful lot of people install it. I've had over um, over 2,000 people install it over the weekend. Well, that's what, yeah, blimey. That's, that's different, isn't it? That's a different set of numbers altogether. Yeah. So, I mean, the question then becomes, well, okay, if, if, I, if I have that many in people installing it, would I be able to turn a better trade with a freemium model? My gut instinct right now is, yeah, probably, quite probably, <laughs> um, just based on, on I, I put a, a, a tweet out there, asked other developers, okay, what sort of conversion rates are you seeing? And the general gist of it seems, it ranges, you know, the answer to that is it depends on the app, it depends on how well the um, the developer has actually sort of boosted its presence and all these sort of things. But but what I'm seeing from people is this kind of range of like if it's a um if it's a broad interest app rather than a very niche app, then I think the conversion rate for freemium sort of seems to hover somewhere between one and two percent if all things are going well. Right. Which that's always felt quite scary to me. I knew that figure from from a previous world of being like, you know, anything over one percent on a on a cold marketing campaign. Um way back when through through non-digital means through through sort of mail um was sort of seen as being wonderful um so yeah if it's a a broad broad interest app rather than a niche app then around about one to two percent which would probably still be quite good actually compared to anything else um and then for niche apps things that are very specific purpose specific audience that sort of thing like yours. Yep. Yeah. Then what I'm seeing from people is a range across around about 4 to 8%. Yeah, I was going to say it's, about 5 to 10 yeah, five, would be my expectation. 5 to so 6 seems to be turning up more often. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I'm incredibly thankful to all the people that have replied, actually. It's, it's been, I mean, I think my sample size of people who've actually said is quite small. You know, this is not a significant statistical study or anything like that. 
Um, but just to have anecdotes and just to have people give me, you know, okay, this is how this works for me has been wicked. It's been great. So back to where I was, if I could assume that I got that sort of number as I've seen over this weekend on a regular basis, would it look better than what I'm making on paid up front? And on a 5% conversion rate and with a decent price, the answer is yes, I could probably do better. So I think I'm sold. I think this is a long story short, sort of pulling all these figures and bits and pieces apart. I think I'm sold on making the the update to go VJ follow a freemium model. Right. Okay. Yeah. Ah, so is the app still free? It's what we now sun. Well, my Sunday mm. night, your Monday morning. Yeah. So on your Monday, it won't be free anymore. It'll be going back up, and I'm tapering it back up as well. But I kind of feel like I should probably pick a day or two midweek. Um, and do the same thing again because like there's a definite spike on the weekends for my sales and for the interest in my app anyway um, do you think it's worth leaving it free for longer yeah potentially because then you can measure the tail off yeah and see where it naturally ends up falling after the sites have uh have stopped reporting it has been reduced yeah because then even if you leave it for I don't, I don't know how long how long you would be comfortable leaving it free for because you're essentially <laughs> leaving money on the table but uh, probably got a week in the balance probably worth it um yeah. yeah i was gonna say if you could leave it free for a week and just see where you know where the uh like the tide line is um yeah. and then you could maybe use that data to project out on a five percent conversion rate assuming you yeah. get this data again when it's free in its new form yep um, yeah, I think I'd be doing that if I were you. Yeah, I think that's probably the better experiment to do before going all in. This has been like a sort of test balloon, and it's kind of like, yeah, cool. If I could see that all the time, I'd be really happy. I think I could do something with that, you yeah. know, compared to what it has been doing. Because that's the other thing. It's been sort of circling this number where it's like, yeah, that's cool. That's that's good as a sort of hobby. Um, but actually, I'm putting a lot of time into the rebuild of this now, and and it needs to be viable. It needs to be worth my while of of making this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, like this has whetted my appetite. But you're right; I need a, a more accurate view as well. I would be cancelling your price increase and just leave it. Yeah, let it just let it roll, because then you'll get a sense of you know this spike that's been the weekend. Yep. You'll see how quickly that drops off and where it settles, and then where it settles, you can work out what you're likely to make longer term when it is free with an in-app purchase. I think that yeah. that could be the actual data you need. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's that's a good call. I'll, I'll get sorting that after after this conversation, I think, and we can uh, <laughs> catch up in another, well, probably not next week, but the week after's episode, I think, would be a good time to take stock. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'd be I'd be interested to see um to see what what it levels out at. I really would because even if it's like what a hundred a day, yeah, there's still something viable and doable within it. It's um, I mean, I don't know what you would plan to charge for your in-app purchase or subscription, but let's assume it's what five pounds. Yeah, about about somewhere it. around about that. Yeah, so, yeah, so. five five percent. Even if you get a hundred a day. That's five times five, twenty-five pounds a day. Apple takes thirty percent. Yeah, so you're yeah, left yeah. with seventeen pound fifty in your pocket. That's better than a kick in the teeth. It's not a wage, but it certainly starts. It's not to a wage, it. but that's uh, what does that work out at? Seventeen fifty a day. 
times by 30. That's 500 pounds a month. Yeah, it's not to be sniffed at at all. I mean, that's the thing. At the moment, this is all still very much in a this is something I am doing to the side. And I could easily kind of just write everything off and go, it's it's my hobby. I like doing it. Well, that's basically what I'm doing at the moment. So mm. <laughs> if it's good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> but there is, there's this other element as well of like, if I can get it working better, then, you know, that, that kind of helps motivate me as well. And it kind of makes it feel more worth it. And, and I'm going to make these things regardless. Yeah, that's kind of what happened with, with AirSynth last year. AirSynth saw some success and that was great, but it was kind of a bit fluky as well but i knew that when i was developing it you know i didn't develop it thinking it was going to make any money i developed it sort of just because i wanted to play and and that's still kind of my primary motivation here is to kind of sort of be like well i'm I'm going to work on these things anyway just because i want them to exist but this side of stuff i just feel like i need to get better at doing on the other side of it it's kind of it's money on the table is the other thing if there's a potential here of actually doing better then let's do better you know That's, yeah and uh, equally even if you leave it at free and it tails off to like basically nothing yeah um at least then even if you make the decision of it's, it's not worth doing version two you can yeah. focus on other things it's not not really i mean it is a bit sad in some ways but in 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 a lot of ways that's a that's a brilliant thing to find out now before you've put in a ton of work yeah exactly exactly so I think with all of this, is I think this is probably just a, a reminder, I guess, to anybody who's listening to sort of not, um, once you're in a box with what you do, to not stay there. And I feel like I've been in a box with, with GoVJ for forever, for like the last two and a half, three years. And it's been in the App Store longer than that. You know, I've, I've been very, very unafraid, very afraid rather to um, to change the model that it's under. You know, like it's been vaguely working as paid up front and I've been really afraid of that. So I sort of feel like I've kind of reminded myself here that, you know, stuff can be changed at any time. And actually it's good to have a good idea, you know, of like what you want to do, whether it's viable or or what. So, yeah, I, I'm, I guess I'm enthused, I think, by what I've seen over the weekend. It sort of made me think, well, there could be something here. Yeah, absolutely. And you're in a lucky yeah. position that you can test it because all you need to do is make it free. Yeah. And you yeah, can basically exactly. kind of dry run a new business model and make projections off of the data you get. So I think you're in a very good position to, yeah, just to, to, to work out. You just need to see where it, where it ends up falling sort of longer term. And I guess yeah. by maybe Thursday, Friday, you'll have a bit of a clearer idea. A full week that's included normal weekdays and, and the weekend as well, and potentially a bit of a um, a go through the next weekend and I think that'll give me the view because there's yeah. an element of like well if it survives two weekends at the same rate then that kind of indicates that it's it's a normal thing yeah get that data because that's going to be so valuable to you I know it means yeah. leaving it free and leaving money on the table for this short little period but bigger picture yeah. that's uh, yeah a bit of a no-brainer I think yeah yeah very much yeah definitely have to come back to this I'm kind of intrigued myself because i still don't know what i'm going to do business model wise for yeah my kind of apps that i've got at the minute i uh i must have a think about that actually (laughs) (laughs) i know what's going to happen i'm going to get to the end be like i'm finished it's like oh how am i going to make money out of it except for just yeah (laughs) except for just oh paid up front and then i'll probably be sad that no one really downloads it very much because it's paid up front yeah Uh, (laughs) i mean apple might give us 
free trials at Dub Dub this year, but honestly, I've kind of given up on that by now. Yes, yeah, there was a bit of a dissent into debating that on my, my Twitter thread. And I've got to be honest, maybe like a year ago, I might have passionately argued that we needed upgrade pricing and that we needed Apple to just do everything in all of this. And I, f- I feel a bit different now. I kind of feel like there there are things Apple could do to make things better. Um, but there is another element of kind of, well, actually really, how do I, how do I want this to work? You know, there's part of me that's like, okay, paid up front works better for family sharing and I'm biased a bit towards that. That's cool. Uh, but me as a solo developer, when I just want to make money with, with, with what I've made and make it not, you know, be costing me to put it out there into the world. Um, do, do I care if I'm losing whatever this, this percentage of the market is, it's not interested in buying it under these other circumstances, you know, like the people who are hard out, I won't buy it unless it's paid up front. Or I had one person sort of saying that, um, there's a bunch of people that won't buy something unless they have the equivalent of paid up front with like, uh, some sort of in-app purchase or other means of kind of. Like subscribing, a yeah, almost like a one-time sort of payment, or like a you know, I pay this huge amount, but actually it lasts me for five years. Stuff that is difficult to do or, or impossible to do, depending on how you sort of look at it with the current setup. And I made the argument actually off off bat of, but then I'm putting a lot of work into managing another payment angle for a bunch of people to then pay me less. I'm not sure that really adds up. It's a funny one. I don't want to exclude people, but then equally, if I'm providing a level of value that shows the app well enough for people to make an informed decision for free, then maybe I'm happy with losing people if they don't want to pay me through the means I make available. And I might not have looked at it like that not so long ago, but I'm feeling more in that zone now. Mm. I'm feeling like with subscriptions that, to me, subscriptions, you subscribe to content. It's kind of how yep. I feel like a subscription should work. And I feel like with our apps, uh, like what what are you subscribing to? Mm-hmm. I, I suppose features, maybe? It's features, and, it, and it's a case of um, there is a level of work that an app takes to kind of exist and still be in the store each year. Um, updates between iOS versions, things like that. Um, mm. Making sure that you support new, f- you know, new functionality from the hardware as well. I mean, in my case, I'm thinking, for example, say I have the feature to have a camera input. Um, well, in this last year, we got the ability to have um, multiple cameras, and it would make logical sense for me to be able to to have the front camera on one one channel of my video mixer and the rear channel on the other as a potential feature. Yeah, I could see people using that. So you've got the image of the audience and the image of the the DJ or whoever. If you put the device in the right right position, for example, yeah, um, developing that is something I could do, but it's my time, you know. And and, and if it's uh, if we're talking about a paid upfront app, there becomes an argument there to sort of say, well, if it's still selling as it is, leave it, which is kind of what I have been doing, um, and then go and work on something else because you may as well put something else out into the store that's going to give you a new chance to make more money. So I I can kind of see the argument for subscriptions in sustaining development. I just don't feel like they're the right fit 
at every circumstance. It's kind of like I could see saying um, an annual subscription at a reasonable price is workable, but I don't want that to be something that auto-renews. You know, if I spend, say, I don't know, 30 bucks on on a premium piece of software, I do not want a random 30 bucks debiting out of my account in a year's time. What I wouldn't mind is the ability to say, okay, I've paid a year for a, for a year's worth of, of updates, which is essentially a subscription, you know, with this $30 now, that's reasonable. Um, but actually when it rolls round, just tell me it's expired. Yeah, and then I'll, I'll reset it up again if I want it. Yeah. And then yeah. also, you know, with a with a potential of, I don't know how this would work, but I could imagine there could be a circumstance where if your versioning features um, with, with, your, um, with your builds and everything in the app store, then maybe there's a point where um, there's like a, a flag to say that this user had paid up to that point, which would essentially correspond to an idea of like, if they were in a subscription when version 1.5 was in the app store, then do I say that they actually have access to version 1.5 and it's pro unlock? That's a lot more mm. complicated for Apple to sort of to arbitrate because then, you know, we've had version 1. 1.7, 1. 1.8, 1. 2.0 since then. Um, but is there another world where like the user can essentially maintain that last that last copy that they had? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And tricky, this is the it? thing. It is tricky, and I think this is another another reason for Apple perhaps not going there yet. Because for every every one of these conversations, there's probably a, an extra edge case out there. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm coming around to the idea of just working with what I've got. So you either do paid up front, or you've got an in-app purchase mechanism, or you look to use a subscription mechanism for for repeating income. Yeah, I feel like for me with um my sort of task manager that I was working on I felt felt like I had a really good sense of um, what could work with that and I sort of thought a subscription would be a pretty good model for it um, and I, I sort of knew where I could draw the line with features that you would get for free and then the pro features that you could subscribe to um, I felt like I, that worked really well but then when it came to like my RSS reader read list I was like I don't even know where to start with this um, and I still don't sitting here now. I honestly don't know what I would do, which one I would choose. That yeah. doesn't feel like there's an obvious place to draw the line without making it rubbish in terms of a paywall. Yep. And I kind of felt like I'd been there before, like many many moons ago with, with, with armchair, in that I it was very hard to draw the line in what you could have and not have without just cutting off huge kind of almost essential areas of functionality because if you cut off too much it's just like not useful even at a basic level yep um yeah like when it comes to the context of an rss reader i'm not sure uh what you would do sort of paywall wise to give someone a good experience i guess you could maybe limit the number of feeds you could add yeah um, it's one of those things where putting limits in is perhaps not going to be the the best thing to do and then the other alternative to me sort of feels like do you insert adverts into what they can see mm. um so you're deliberately throwing something in the middle that then pays you back that feels scummy and, and weird if you don't get it quite right yeah um yeah it's hard that is hard 
I mean, like in my circumstance, I'm thinking of the idea of, of chucking a like a watermark over what the user does with the video mixer app. And that makes perfect sense for, for the um, niche that it's in. Oh, yeah, totally. Because if someone you know, actually wants to use it, they'll just pay you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, like there's there's other things I could do. Like, for example, maybe I don't th- show a watermark, but you've got it hooked up to an external display. So actually every three or four minutes, I show a quick 10 second video of just advertising my app. You know, I think a watermark is probably the the healthier and nicer option, but that there are options available that to sort of get in between, um, you know, what the user wants to do and what I'm selling to sort of insert a view of that there. Um, I'm not sure that's available to you with an RSS apart from showing other people's adverts, mm. uh, which is, is perhaps not cool. Although, I mean, like, a if I guess if you can think of a way to um a way to be giving people who pay value for paying then that becomes your argument doesn't it it's, it's, and again I guess that takes you all the way back to square one and you're looking for things to lock them out of yeah it's hard yeah it's a tricky one Okay, we'll call that a wrap. If you've enjoyed today's show, it'd be great if you could leave us a review on iTunes or if you could leave us a recommendation in Overcast by hitting that star button. That will help us reach even more like-minded people. Um, Also, we have our Slack channel. We'd love to invite you to join. Our hope is it can be a really great place for fellow developers to come and hang out. If you'd like to join, uh, just leave us a message on Twitter at WFR Podcast and we'll get you signed up. So, Dave, before we run off, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at DW Roboheads. That's Robohead spelled with a Z. And you can find my apps at Roboheads.com. Again, that's Roboheads spelled with a Z. How about you, Dave? You can follow me online at DaveNot.co.uk or on Twitter, I'm at underscore DaveNot. <laughs>